Hello and welcome to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be reviewing the very latest premium live event from WWE, which took place last week. We're talking Money in the Bank 2022. Now, Jimmy and I will run down all the thrills and spills from the event, from the highest highs down to the lowest lows. It was a show packed with plenty to discuss. If you're new to this show, my name is Patrick Vincent Crown. I also go by PVC, and I'll be joined on the line by my partner in crime and fellow disaster artist, Jimmy Starr. We have loads to talk about, so let's not waste any more time. Jimmy, how are you, buddy? And what have we got in store for Falling Star Wrestling's next live show on July 16th? forward to the uh, to the show on the 16th we got joe effects coming down or big effing joe as he's now known i'm sorry i, I call people i call always call people by the names that i met them so but yeah big effing joe he'll be down towards a bit of carnage which will be great we'll have i'm sure we'll have a, a fantastic lineup for the uh, for the event and uh, yeah just 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 a lot of coaching, a lot of training at the moment, trying to bring the next next batch of fallen star wrestling trainees through. So, which I'll have, well, we we can have a little bit of a chat about later. But uh, no, mate, life is good. Just normal day to day life stuff as as everyone else goes, and normal day to day problems as everyone else has. And yeah, just uh, just cracking on. How about yourself, Shawnee? Tell me, tell tell me about you. You know what? I can't really complain. You know, you wake up every day, you go to work, you have a bit of breakfast, you get on with your day, you come home, you eat a bit of food, you maybe watch a little bit of television or you watch a bit of wrestling and then you go to sleep and you wake up the next day and then you wait for the weekend, you hope for the weekend and you pray for the weekend and when the weekend comes, you're so knackered from the week that you just want to sleep. So <laughs> it's all good. So I'm looking forward to the 16th because that'll get me out of bed and out of, uh, you know, out of this little rut and, and back in the ring performing for the Falling Star Wrestling audience as as it should be. It's so- what do you call it? Wrestling is very good for letting one's frustrations out. It's 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 it's, it's definitely good for that. Yeah, I think the thing about I think the thing about me and wrestling, and that's just what what was sort of a little bit. It sort of links into money in the bank in a, in a small way. Is that the only real wrestling I watch these days? Is the WWF, what used to be called pay per views, but you know now called whatever. I don't know live fucking super events or whatever they're called I can't remember live premium events isn't it live premium events or premium events or whatever something like that so something stupid and yeah and and it just just yeah I, 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 and that's about as much wrestling as I can as I can bear watch really I, I I'm not a very wrestlery person in my private life anymore I I, I don't Really, you know, falling star wrestling's obviously got its social media, you know, and I've got someone who sort of takes care of that and looks after that and whatnot. So I'm not really sort of into looking at sort of social media, what's going on and stuff like that. And as much as I love wrestling and British wrestling and want it to succeed, when you're a wrestler, I think, uh, you know, sometimes the last thing you want to do is watch wrestling. And when I knew the money in the bank was coming on and we had to review it, I thought, oh, is this just going to be the same as the last few pay-per-views that we watched? Because WWE pay-per-views have been so similar 
have been so similar over the past sort of at least 18 months. It, I, they've all blended into one for me. I can't think of anything that's been particularly different apart from maybe a WrestleMania or Royal Rumble or something like that. All they're just the basic standard premium events, which, which used to be special, have all just seemed quite similar, apart from the last one where Cody Rhodes was hurt, which had something special in it and something different to talk about. It's just so similar. And uh, yeah, well, we'll obviously we'll, we'll talk about money in the bank in, in, de- in depth, but wrestling for me has just become so boring. And you've, you've got AEW, which is seems to be exactly the same match over and over again. Or you've got WWE, which seems to be sort of like, well, where have all the wrestlers gone like in WWE? Where, where are they? Like, are they hiding? Are they, I thought they still had a few. I know a lot of them have gone to AEW, but like, you know, where have all the fucking wrestlers gone? So, yeah, there's a bit of a, it's just, it just wrestling to me at the moment seems to be in, in, in a total funk in terms of, in terms of the, 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 the American stuff that we watch. I, I feel sorry for the young, younger generation coming up who didn't have the Ultimate Warrior, who didn't have Hogan, who didn't have Legion of Doom, who didn't have Mr. Perfect, who didn't have these amazing wrestlers who who who, could, who were different and varied and, and could put on a show and were veterans. And, you know, it was, I, I, I don't know who people have got to cheer for anymore. And, and all the superstars, all the big, big major superstars that they still cling on to, like Cena and even Reigns now to a certain extent, they're never fucking there. And and I great it's a great gig if you can get it you know getting paid for for just doing the big shows and you know there's always that sort of like oh, I can't wait to see him again and you know and then no one loves Reigns versus Lesnar more than me and I'm looking forward to this SummerSlam Last Man Standing match or or whatever matches they're doing they haven't done any build up for it it just suddenly seemed to pop up on the on I mean again I don't watch the SmackDown or Raw so this might have been going on for a little while. But it just seemed to come out of nowhere without them being there, and uh, it just seems odd. It just seems all seems wrestling seems so odd now. It's it's it's, it's weird. And I even watched the backstage skits for this one just to see, like, because you normally have to sit through them and 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 have to go through the misery whilst I skip through the matches. And so I thought, no, I'll I'll join Sean in his misery and watch the backstage skits. It's like for fuck's sake, man, this is this is horrible. This is horrible. You know, it's not Ric Flair fucking, you know, doing doing his doing his gimmick or his, you know, it's 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 not Hulk Hogan. So, you know, let me tell you something, brother, and fucking going off on a rampage. It's not even Ultimate Warrior talking about the stars and the galaxy and the moon and the fucking and and uh, whatever, you know, talking talking bollocks and you know, it's 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 not even that. It's just rehearsed shite. And anyway, yeah, sorry that was me going off on a little rant there, but. Fuck me! What, what what have the kids got to cling on now? Who have they got to cling on? Fucking! I can't see who they've got the who they've got the worship. You know, I know everyone still worships Cena from the from his sort of you know from the rule that, that happened the other day. You know, they had his his twenty or twenty five year anniversary or whatever, and people still love him and the kids still love him, but. They never get to see him. They go, when they're going to get to see him, you know, once in a blue moon, it's 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 crazy. But they still sell his merch, and you still see it everywhere, you know. So they, and 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 even the kids who probably weren't around, you know, who are five, six, seven years old now, who didn't really get to, haven't really got got to see him that much. I think that's one of the things that what what Money in the Bank showed me just the lack of lack of stars I have at the moment to fill in these 
what are major events or meant to be major events to, to, to put in these major events are, are crazy and, and the ones that they're trying to push just don't seem to know how to get the get, get anything behind them or give them any momentum it's weird it's odd I, yeah i kind of tend to agree with most of that but there's a few things i disagree with like when you talk about the likes of roman reigns and john cena and brock lesnar and the, those people that aren't around i always find it's that absence makes the heart grow fonder like every time i don't see roman reigns for me it's this weird thing of like he becomes more and more of a star when he's this elusive thing where you're like, oh, am I going to watch a show? Is he going to be on it? Is he going to grace us with his presence? Is he going to have a match? And there was a, there was a time sort of like maybe four, five, six months ago where he was just having these awesome pay-per-view matches and I couldn't wait to see him the next time. But then sometimes he wouldn't be there and I would just absolutely miss him. It's the same for Brock Lesnar. He's such a star. If he doesn't turn up every time on SmackDown, that's fine with me because I don't need to be overexposed. And I think that's the thing about WWE. This is just this overexposure of the shows on every night and they're all three hours long. And then there's premium live events every month. And then there's other shows and then there's social media. And then you see clips online and then you hear people talking about it. All I really feel is like I just get kind of bombarded with the same people over and over again. And I think that's the problem. If... If like back in the day when we used to watch Monday Night Raw for two hours, you used to watch SmackDown for two hours, and then you have the monthly pay-per-view, you know, you probably watch, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 hours of wrestling a month. Some days you can watch 12 hours in a day. Like you can watch WrestleMania over a weekend and that was just 12 hours in and of itself. And this just overexposure of wrestling, I think just kind of takes away from the product. Now I like to, I like to wait to see wrestlers. I like to, I like to want to see a wrestler like, for, like CM Punk when he first came back to, to A. I hadn't seen him in so long that I just had to see that promo and I had to see his first match back and every match that he does have now I have to go and watch it because it just seems a bit more special rather than like all right uh, Seth Rollins is on again like and I love Seth Rollins but he's there every week and he's always having great matches but you become a little bit tired you know when when you see the same faces over and over again if, if they just kind of chopped and changed and pulled them apart and it's like Cody Rhodes I loved seeing him when he came back into WWE he's going to be away for a while when he finally comes back that's going to be a big thing that's going to draw people in but I guess sort of WWE are in this quandary of like they need to keep pushing stars and they need people to be on television but the more you thrust them down people's faces and down people's throats it just becomes difficult because you're like oh yeah I see him see him last week and I saw him on Smackdown and he was on Raw and then he turned up on main event and then he, 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 he had a little go on NXT and also I watched his reality TV show as well it's like wow how much of X wrestler can you get Bobby Lashley Seth Rollins Cody Rhodes The Miz whoever it's just when you when you're just throwing these people at you for, for so long it's just difficult to to think of anybody else does that make sense exactly no no i totally agree and that and that, that was that was what i was saying i i i, I echo those sentiments exactly well but what i'm saying is is if you're going to get rid of give roman reigns and i agree you shouldn't see him every month you shouldn't see him on every show and you shouldn't see him on every smackdown it totally dilutes them and you you know you, you shouldn't see brock lesnar on every show you, again for the same reasons as i just said but you know, what, if 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 that's going to happen, the monthly pay per views they can't be like treated as as you know, or, or monthly live events, or whatever. They can't just be treated as throwaway shows. 
you still need to have stars on them. Once they get rid of the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar's and whatever, I know Seth Rollins is still about, but he's been about for years. No one really fucking absolutely loves or hates Seth Rollins. Do you know what I mean? To the point where he's a super duper star or no one really loves or hates, you know, Kevin Owens or whatever, like to the point where they're super duper stars, but they should be pushing them like they are. So at least, uh, okay, fair enough. Well, we're going to give this round of, of talent rest or let them go part time or something like that. But, you know, the tier below it, like the tier below Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is so far down. Whereas I feel like back in the day, the tier between like Austin and The Rock and then the next tier down wasn't so far down or the tier between Hogan and Warrior wasn't so far down. Like you, you, you still saw these people as 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 sort of uh, uh, like superheroes. They they weren't human. These were these were these were stars. But what they're doing now is okay. Well, they but the the. We haven't got Roman Reigns shoved down our necks every week or Brock Lesnar shoved down our necks every week, but we've got fucking Seth Rollins shoved down our necks every week and we've got like, and we've got all these other guys shoved down our necks every week and it makes us re- repel against them in a way. So that, that I suppose that's what I suppose that's what I'm saying is is just the is is just the fact that the level below the top tier superstars, which is Reigns, basically, and Brock when he's around is just so much lower, you know, in terms of star power. It's just that they haven't got any stars, and they don't seem to have any wrestlers. I keep seeing the same people. I don't know why, why I haven't got any wrestlers. But they, 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 WWE should still have some wrestlers. I mean, fuck, I keep seeing the same people. So, you know, it, it, and in the same matches. So, you know, it, unless you've got those, the, the big stars about, you know, no one's particularly interested in the product. And that's never happened before. Back in the day, if Austin wasn't around, you could get away with it because you had Rock or Triple H or fucking Undertaker or someone. You know, if Hogan wasn't around or Moria wasn't around, well, that's okay because we have fucking Legion of Doom or we have like, you know, we have fucking Rick Rude or we have like fucking, you know, we have, let's say, Mr. Perfect, Randy Savage. We have fucking, you know, Million Dollar Man. We have, you know, we have guys that are going to go out there and be able to and, and still be able to knock your socks off. It just doesn't seem to, for me, WWE doesn't seem to have that at the moment. And even though Seth Rollins is great, I get it. I think he's amazing. Kevin Owens is great. I get it. You know, I get it. I think he's amazing. I love his character and whatever. But, you know, they're being shoved down our throats now as opposed to actual real superstar, super duper star talent. And we spoke about this before. It's not about being a WWE superstar and it's not about being a great wrestler. It's about having that intangible that just completely draws you in to make you love them or hate them. And I don't think Seth Rollins has got that personally. I think he's an amazing wrestler, athlete, hugely experienced, vastly better than I ever would have been, you know, in my wildest dreams. But can I can I say that I'd fucking if I was a kid, I would run out and buy a t-shirt. No, probably not. I don't think he's got that. Say that. I'm just I'm just picking on him because he's the only one I can really think of who they sort of count on usually as to be that heel. I just, I just, I, 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 I think he's great, and I think he's a good heel, but I don't, I can, I can see he's still just as a wrestler. I can still, still see he's just playing at being a wrestler. Now, when I see Roman Reigns, the fucking, the, I, I believe him. 
Do you know what I mean? Or when I see Brock Lesnar, I believe him. When I see Seth Rollins, I don't believe it. You know, I just I can see he's a, I can see he's a talented motherfucker, but I just don't believe him. But yeah, that's just my opinion. Can we find out if 2022's Money in the Bank has lit some fires under some future stars? Hey, Jim. If we can try. We kicked off the Money in the Bank pay-per-view or premium live event with the Women's Money in the Bank match. We had Lacey Evans, Raquel Rodriguez, Becky Lynch, Oscar, Liv Morgan, Shotzi and Alexa Bliss. Now, for me, there were very few positives in this match. And I guess, unfortunately for the match, there were far too many negatives. I guess I'll start with the positives. I like that Liv Morgan won, not for the fact that I like her. I don't really think she's the best in the company right now, but I think it's it's nice to see an underdog win and somebody who who looks like they they really really want to to win and somebody that doesn't you know you didn't expect to pick up the briefcase. There were people in there like an Oscar or an Alexa Bliss or you know even a Becky in- Becky Lynch. Those are the type of people you would thought that would grab the Money in the Bank briefcase because they can kind of you know go into a contention with with the SmackDown Women's Championship or the Raw Women's Championship and have great matches. So it's always nice for me when you have these Money in the bank things to to put it on somebody that you don't really expect and you know by all accounts Liv Morgan's getting quite a lot of sort of support on social media and stuff like that so good good for her I thought another positive was was Raquel Rodriguez I've not seen her on pay-per-view before she did come across as quite impressive you know whether whether they're going to do anything with her she had quite a good look she was quite muscular she was very very strong and it was nice to see somebody I hadn't seen in this match before she didn't really do that much in the match she did have a spot that was a little little wafty but you know <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. Now, the, the negatives for me, unfortunately, Lacey Evans and, and Shotzi brought nothing to this match, in my opinion. You know, in Money in the Bank matches, I... Shotzi, Shotzi <laughs> fucked every <laughs> yeah. spot that she had. She fucked it. And that's, I'm not being cruel to the girl. She, she, fucked, she either fucked every spot she had or it just didn't look that impressive. That was a really bad out. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I've got that written on my notes as well. You know, sometimes I feel like these Money in the Bank matches, like more is more, you know, the more spots, more chaos, more bodies. Sometimes that can make a better match, but... And I think that was actually proven in the men's match as well, because they had a lot of people in there. They had a lot of spots. They had a lot of chaos going on. And we'll get to the men's Money in the Bank match in in the main event, which which I enjoyed, by the way. But with this match, it should have been kind of less is more. The match felt really rushed. And in a match of this caliber and just how dangerous this match is, you, you can't really rush things and you, you have to make everything count because I felt at points I was watching <laughs> an episode of Botchamania, you know, even the spots that did work kind of made me cringe and I thought that somebody was going to get hurt and it just seemed like there was this weird sort of timing and pacing issue between between all the ladies like the match kicked off at like a hundred miles per hour there was kicks spinning back fists leg sweeps punches all this kind of stuff and it all just looked rushed and dreadful and then the match just kind of carried on in that fashion I thought okay get through this first part you're all eager to go you're all trying to prove yourself you're all trying to just get your shit in and then I don't know, it just kind of carried on at this sort of like weird, too fast, dreadful pace. You couldn't really kind of take it all in. And, you know, normally I like ladies matches in WWE. I think they have some of the best matches and we've talked about it on pay-per-views, you know. But this was just kind of a messy, rushed cluster, which, you know, is a bit of a shame. But, you know, and 
I guess you do this the same as well, Jim. Like as a worker, you watch these matches and you kind of put yourself in these positions. And I was watching these ladies like yank each other off a ladder. You know, you got somebody crawling up the ladder and then somebody comes down and grabs a leg and just immediately yanks them off. And I'm like, why would you like just go up to the person, grab the leg, let them register it and then kind of get that timing where you just like one, two, three, pull them off. They were just yanking them down. I thought somebody's going to fall down and break a leg or twist an ankle or something like that. And it was just, you know, you know, climbing up a ladder is difficult if you're on solid concrete. Climbing up a ladder in the wrestling ring is even more difficult because you're on sort of, you know, an uneasy surface. You've got the, the mats and stuff like that. So it's not the sturdiest thing in the world. But then you got somebody else kind of yanking you off as well. It's like, how how do people not like break ankles and, and twist their ankles and sprain and stuff? Like, it just felt like nobody really had kind of care. And I don't know whether they were instructed to, to be that way. Just go out there. And if you see somebody going up the ladder, make it look legitimate and just grab them and pull them down. It's like, yeah, I get that because sometimes you can have this weird thing of a ladder match where somebody's like they've been beaten down and they start climbing the ladder and it's really really slow and you're like come on just get up the ladder I know you're trying to build suspense but like <laughs> you're not dead you can get up a ladder but these these people were kind of climbing ladder confidently which I can appreciate but then somebody would come in and just yank them straight down I'm like what just give me a little bit of suspense at least on that part like grab a leg and then you know try and pull them try and pull them the, the other person's kind of you know bugging their eyes out going oh you're gonna pull me down but it's like Whoop grab leg, pull down. I was like, oh, it was, just, it was, it, it was hard. But, you know, I, I, I could kind of see that there were some really nice ideas in the match, but unfortunately none of them paid off. Like you mentioned, Shotzi almost broke her leg trying to run up the ladder. She fell down, climbed up the ladder again, and then did this weird, like awful DDT. I think it was on uh, Raquel Rodriguez. And it was like, oh, yeah, just, once she fell, just leave it. <laughs> once she fell, she should just fucking go, yeah. Yeah, you're right. She should have just gone right. That's what's that's what's blown off. Just fucking pretend I'm hurt and fall off the ladder. That's what I'd have done. I'd have sold that. I'd have sold that like I broke my leg and fallen off the ladder because she didn't need to hit that shit fucking DDT afterwards. I know that's what the end result would have been. But I, if she'd have ran up and just completely sold her leg and screamed and held her leg on the floor and you know the fucking refs would have come over to see if she was hurt and she could have gone no no I'm alright now you know it would have that would have concerned me as a as a viewer it would have as 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 the crowd as, as the crowd watching it it would have concerned them so you at least got something out of it rather than her just trying to no sell it and then hitting like you say the world's worst ddt on that ladder yeah it was it was oh, oh god it made me shudder but it's like one of those things where like you see the botch and then they try and cover for the botch with another really kind of awful move and it's just like just leave it, just please, <laughs> please leave it. Anyway, moving on. I thought the the kind of Rachel Rodriguez stuff was quite good when she tried to like deadlift the two ladies on each end of the ladder. I thought that was a good idea. That was different. I'd not seen that before. Showing off her power didn't really work because she couldn't really get them up because she was sort of wasn't really in the the middle part of the ring. She couldn't kind of anchor it well, you know. But the thing that did kind of work for me, and thank God it did, was the finish. So we were going to the finish. So we had Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. They were kind of fighting at the top of two ladders. And you could almost see it was going to happen. So Becky Lynch gets the one shot in, starts to push Liv Morgan. And then Liv Morgan puts her foot out as the ladder's falling towards the ropes. She puts her leg out, uses that to spring herself back into the middle of the ring. And then when she bounced back, she kind of glanced her knee at Becky and then grabbed the case. I thought that was quite a nice finish, but but Lord knows what they would have done if that hadn't have worked. Because I can't imagine that was an easy spot to do. You have to have the ladders in the right position. You have to get your timing correct. You can't like push the other person so they're falling too fast. You know, 
standing on a rope is a difficult thing at times. You know, the rope it, it wobbles and it's, it's not safe and stuff like that. So you have to kind of time it properly. She did. She sprung back. She didn't spring back too hard or too too little. So she managed to get it and then hit that knee. So thankfully, the, the finished <laughs> worked out for Liv Morgan. She went up. She got the briefcase. And yeah, all in all, <laughs> I, I didn't really enjoy this match. But I thought the right person won. What about yourself, Joe? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a shame. I think... There's a couple of things that the 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 come into play here, and I agree wholeheartedly with what you said. Said there, you know, blown spots just everywhere, you know, and even the ladders weren't working with them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's sometimes in wrestling, and this is you know, this is we, we've all done hardcore matches, ladder matches. We've all used these tools and implements in in our own wrestling careers, and sometimes. You'll, you'll stick a chair up or wedge it in the fucking corner or something, go back to do your, your little spot that you're playing with it, and it isn't there anymore because it's fallen out. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes the... The the sometimes the ladders or the chairs or the or the toys that you use don't want to work with you. And I felt they had that in this match as well. Not even the ladders wanted to get the fucking spots right. Nothing did. Like they they, they it was it was just a collection of failed attempts. At and I feel sorry for the girls that were in it because, like you say, they tried hard, but they had so much time. It was a long match. It wasn't like they only had like six, seven minutes to get their shit in. You know, they had to, they must, if you timed it, it must have been roundabouts or 20 minutes, so, you know, not far off here or there. So, you know, they they had a nice amount of time to get their shit. Everyone could have looked good if they had a, if they had a slowed it down a, a, a few notches. So yeah, the, the the speed was a was a huge issue, and also I think that uh, the, the the level of level of experience wasn't quite there. I mean, you you had Becky Lynch and you had Oscar, and uh, you know, but I, I don't know how many and Alexa Bliss, but you know, the 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 Rodriguez lady, the big tall lady, the muscular lady, she hadn't been in a ladder match before. In fact, I think she was quite green in general. She seemed very green. She moved like she was very green. She moved. She was very stiff. And even though she looked incredibly impressive, and I would, I would have her if I was, if if I was a Booker, I would have her just dominate the women's division for a little while. Get, you know, get rid of a few enhancement talents. You know, easy peasy. While she's learning the road on the road on the house shows, give her some long longer matches on there. But again, I just don't think she had a lot of experience. Chauncey Blackheart, like I said, just just fucked everything, everything, everything she did, she fucked up. And I don't think she's got. I, mean, I know she's got quite a a uh, half decent look in terms of uh, hair and stuff like that but she doesn't move well she plods she really plods along and she she just yeah she just what she does i think is a little bit too ambitious for her actual physical capabilities and that was exposed very much very much in this match it was uh, it was a clusterfuck it was it was it was a clusterfuck it was quite hard it was hard to watch in some places amusing to watch in others becky lynch uh, i felt quite sorry for her because she she got the crowd fired up at some points and she did a few few decent things but becky lynch is the only one in there again that i can say is is a star alexa bliss i can't get on board with her because even you know when she's jumping off ladders 
or you know, or, or, or whatever she's doing, or, or people are throwing her from forty foot up in the air. Nothing seems to have any impact. I never, I never feel like because she's so small that the ring doesn't fucking move or make any sound or anything when she does anything. So she's just she's just tiny and she, she's pretty. She's beautiful. She's got a look. But if she if she if she could do with being a bit heavier and a bit taller, because I just don't get any impact or any sensation or realism from anything she does or anything she takes. And that's, that's, that's a problem I've always had with, with Alexa bliss, the right person won. You could see she, you know, and not, not out of ability, really. She's okay. Liv Morgan's, uh, uh, you know, she, 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 she's fine. She'll do. She's a, you know, she's probably had some good single matches on raw or SmackDown, but she, she looked like she was pleased to win it. She looked like she was, she, you know, she looked like she was genuine, as genuine emotion there. She was probably about one of the best ladies in the match. So, you know, right result. Terrible match is everywhere. But if you, if if you, if you want to watch a match just for just for a laugh, then then watch that. You know, women, women. You know, and this is sexist, and I'm gonna sound like a bit a bigot or whatever it's called. But ladder matches and women just don't go together, especially when there's eight of them or seven of them. Just didn't work for me. Yeah, I can't. I can't say any more than that. You know, I'll I'll give it one star just out of effort. And yeah, there is a lot of effort that goes into these matches and a lot of danger. And you know, it's 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 because it's called Money in the Bank, and because WWE looks like you know it looks like a cartoon these days i think it takes a lot of the danger out of what they're doing you know when they're doing a hell in the cell they got a big red cell so it looks fucking like the least imposing thing in the world and their ladders are all so shiny and look like they're so light and everything looks so it all looks fake but it's not those ladders are fucking heavy they're dangerous they're they're probably very similar to the ladders that 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 you would actually you know you you to work i've got a feeling that wwe ladders are probably a bit lighter but they still got to climb these fucking things but the but women and ladder matches multi-man ladder well multi-person ladder matches just don't go together they have trouble picking them up they have trouble setting them up the timing always seems to be off. I just feel uncomfortable seeing women get smashed about with ladders. So again, it's that's another thing that I don't like about these kind of matches. It's just, it's just, it's it's not, it's not, a, it's not a match that fits. The, it's not the match that fits the female wrestler very well, in my opinion. And they've probably had some good money in the bank matches in the past, and I'm sure that there's evidence of it and i'm sure that i've seen some and we've gone oh fuck you know i'm sure we've, we've reviewed some that have been okay but it's this 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 one wasn't it really wasn't it was it was it's, it's, it's such a shame yeah i'm sticking to my one star and again that was just for effort and the right person winning that was a fair assessment then we went on to match number two this was for the united states title we had theory versus bobby lashley so from the disaster that was the ladies match to a match that on paper for me didn't really have much going for it but i thought in the ring it kind of delivered i wouldn't say this was like a mania classic or a six star Meltzer rated match but it kind of delivered exactly what it set out to do theory he he's a pain in the ass he's this pain in the ass heel and people hate him 
brilliant. Lashley looked strong and impressive and muscular and eventually went on to beat the heel and win the belt to great applause. Brilliant stuff. Wrestling 101 in this match. You know, good guy versus bad guy. The crowd hate the bad guy and love the good guy. It's great. Bad guy smiles and cheats and looks like he's, you know, going to slip away with the title, but goes for one finish too many times, gets caught by the bigger, more impressive baby face in Bobby Lashley, who just grabs the guy, puts him in a hold and makes the little weasel tap out and just takes home the belt. It was great. Perfect. Like, what more could you want? Yeah, you could you could go for high flying maneuvers and reversals and blah, blah, blah and work great and stuff like that. But I didn't I didn't think the match really had you know, too many bad points about it. And, you know, it was a bit of a shame to have taken the US title away from Theory. I don't know how long he's had the title, maybe a couple of months, but having watched the show right until the end, it kind of made sense because Theory would then go on to do something later on in the event. And, you know, him losing this title, I don't think it really hurt Theory at all. You know, I thought the two guys had pretty good chemistry together, which is something that I've just been waiting for for months. Like Lashley, over these last couple of events, has been working Omos since basically WrestleMania. So, you know, three, four months and each match was just kind of getting worse and worse. So for Bobby Lashley to transition to wrestling theory was welcomed with 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 open arms i thought theory looked incredible in this match and even a few times it looked like bobby lashley was going to lose the match and i thought it was that good because it doesn't always come kind of come across that like that you know if, if somebody's going to lose a match they, they kind of just like look like they're going to lose a match and i didn't actually know who was going to win this match i thought maybe they're not going to take the title off theory maybe he's going to go over bobby lashley and they kind of built to that which was good and that kind of increased the entertainment of the match and it's nice to not know who is going to win a wrestling match and I think that's kind of what I like about Money in the Bank because you always have these big multi-man matches and it's kind of impossible to to pick a person out of those ones and then you have this kind of matchup and it was just kind of a, a bit of a pleasure for me you know every time I see Theory in the ring I'm just kind of overcome with a little bit of joy and it sounds weird watching a WWE show but I just overcome with joy that somebody can get a little bit of heat in this company because I don't like heels that can't decide if they're a bad guy or not but with theory he knows his role exactly he's not a tweener he's not like a cool guy and he doesn't really do that many cool moves he just goes out there he plays his role he does his shit-eating grin he does his selfies you hate him people boo him and what more could you want? Like, what? why would you want to be a heel that people cheer or, or be a babyface that, that people don't really know about? And that's just this weird thing within WWE. So when you get a match with Austin Theory, it's nice to go out there and just have that that heat. I miss I miss people getting heat. And it's just it's just kind of this thing that doesn't seem to happen so much in, in WWE anymore. What about yourself, Jim? You enjoy this match? I love this match, actually, for the same reasons you did. Theory reminds me a lot of MJF in a way. Like theory, the, theories, is, uh, you know, and this the, just just similar ways in the fact that they one hundred percent totally embrace being heels. Like theory has no desire to be a cool heel. You know, he's not the hard heel. He's like you said, he does his his selfies. He has that shit eating grin, which is perfect and makes me laugh every time he does it. He fucking abuses is the crowd he chokes people he's an opportunist he's a coward he's everything that you would hate and you know the wwe have been accused of piping crowd noise in to get some kind of to get some you know to, to actually start the, the actual crowd off with chance and stuff but you definitely don't need that with theory because theory has got heat now 
what I was talking about earlier on in my diatribe at the start, you know, about creating stars, it would take a miracle for WWE to fuck this up with theory, to fuck him up becoming a star. It would be a absolute miracle if they ballsed it up. But WWE have been known to ruin things for, you know, ruin people's characters and change things and fuck things up. But if they just keep on this path with theory, honestly, and I think they obviously want to do big things with him, as you know, as as we'll talk about later on in the podcast, they obviously want to do things with him. They've got plans for him. And I totally understand why he gets it at this young age now. Like, because I was a bit like you when I saw the match, when I looked at the match at the start, Lashley versus Theory, I was like, all right, okay. The only, the only really cool thing I can see about this match really is I don't know who's going to win. And I think Theory's going to get thrown about quite a bit, which will be cool. And, you know, but fucking Lashley's a veteran. Theory just 100% gets it. In a couple of years, he's going to be, he, he, there's no reason he shouldn't be the biggest heel on the planet if he carries on the way he's going he's just he's just he's just superb and bobby lashley's obviously you know a pain by numbers baby face you know he's got the amazing body he, he comes out he's not you know he'll smile at the fans he, he's got his cool poses and whatnot and also he's tough and he's fucking got you know and he's explosive and dynamic and you know he, he doesn't mind selling as you know and this is the thing as well like with with theory and when he was wrestling theory i was thinking you know they're going to have to do quite well here to to make theory beating down Lashley quite you know look you know, a fairly realistic thing, but I never thought when he was beating him down, now nah, this looks shit because theory has that intensity when he's on top, he's doing the, that proper you know what what he should do. He's 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 completely going for it. He's smashing a shit out of him until he realizes he's gotten where he wants him, and then he's playing to the crowd. That's when the the work comes in because they're on the floor, they're selling, they're fucked. He's got them. He can, you know, he can sell to the crowd and 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 get get his heat. And Bobby Lashley can get his sympathy. It was like you say, it was like, it was refreshing because there wasn't a shit. I can't remember many moves. I can remember Lashley doing a really impressive gorilla press type slam thing, which which I think was like, I don't know if someone come off the ropes in an odd way or, or, or whatever, but you know, if theory come off the ropes in an odd way or something, it was quite a cool way of how he got into it anyway. But you know, gorilla press slam type thing that looked pretty cool, but I can't really think of any specific moves or anything I loved in the match. I just like the story. And it was like you say, just good guy versus bad guy. And the bad guy has, no redeemable qualities, which, you know, a lot of people just don't want to do these days. If they're heels, they want to be cool. You know, they want to be like the Usos or someone like that, or somebody has got a bit, someone, someone who's, you know, heels that are cool and people like and do a really good shit. Theory doesn't do that. He's just a fucking old school heel, but he plays it to the max and with a modern day twist and it works. Just goes to show that wrestling done on a, wrestling done correctly still on that old school level with those old school values and the ethos and the old school ethos still works and uh, it was nice to see it was second match they played it like it was second match probably a touch long for me but every every match on these paper sorry these live events is seems to go on for a while now because 
they don't have any wrestlers, so they have to every everyone has to do shit loads of time. But it was it was yeah, it was it was good. It was just a good old fashioned wrestling match shoved in a in a show that didn't have a good old fashioned wrestling match. It was probably probably my my, my second favorite match on the show. I I I I, I, I actually. I actually really enjoyed it. It was and for the for the for the same reasons you did, you know, just good, just old school wrestling, and uh, you know, like I say, anyone could have won. It didn't hurt Theory Lee lost, obviously, because of what happened at the end of the night. But it still wouldn't have hurt Theory if he'd have lost, and that would have been it. It wouldn't have hurt him. Theory could have come back with a reason why. Do you know what I mean? He could have. They could, you know, it, the WWE have, have been going for God knows how many years now. They're talented enough as 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 storytellers to come up with a reason to keep you know to keep theory strong. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter if a heel loses. You know, it would have mattered if Bobby Lashley would have lost that one. He needed a win, especially after his terrible past few months. We've almost, you know, he needed that win and he got it. And yeah, and he's United States champion. I don't know how much you know how how much gravitas that belt has to it. But you know he's got a belt. He got a win, and he had a good match for the first time in months. Obviously, nothing to do with Bobby Lashley, but he had a good match for the first time in months, and he needed that. And it was cool. It was a cool, cool little deal. It was a welcome addition to the pay per view, wasn't it? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Then we went on to the next match, which was the Raw Women's Title match. We had Bianca Belair, who was the champion, against the challenger Carmella. And again, this match didn't really have a lot going for it, but. Again, I could appreciate it for its simplicity. you got a blonde girl who thinks she's the best and most talented and most beautiful and sexy girl in the world, and she's hated and booed by the audience. Great. And then you got that versus the actual embodiment of everything that Carmela says that she is. You got Bianca Belair, who is actually really talented, who is actually you know one of the one of the best wrestlers in the company. And there you have a match. It's really simple. And from what I gather, from what the commentators were saying, and from the the, the package early on, I think Rhea Ripley was meant to be in this match, but she's had to pull out due to surgery. So I guess they just put together whatever they could, and it sort of worked for both talents because Bianca picked up a nice clean win, got to show off her very impressive array of moves, spins, twists. And then you have like Carmella who lost clean to the baby face. She got plenty of heat, you know, got to kind of be focused within it because she's been doing a lot of dumb stuff recently. You know, she's had various managers. She had James Ellsworth with her for a while. She wore a gimp mask. She was a tag team champion for a bit and she just kind of floundered for a while. So it was nice to see her just be Carmella, be this kind of bitch talking kind of New York, New Jersey girl. And then she got her heat back at the end, which was great. You know, Bianca Belair Pins are clean in the ring, grabs the belt, starts celebrating, and then you have, boom, you have the, the, the heel come and attack the baby face after the match, you know? And this will probably set up another nap, another match between the two, which is fine because that's just, it's basic storytelling, but it kind of works. And they're obviously sort of treading water until Rhea Ripley comes back. And I'm fine with that because sometimes you just have to adjust if you have somebody out injured and you have to... You, know, you have to sub somebody else in, then you, these are the things that you have to do. But at least in the meantime, they can kind of give us a little bit of a story. you got somebody who's just just so arrogant that they think they're the best in the world. And you got somebody who, who literally is the best in the world, but they're so humble and they have to go out and prove to, to everybody that they are the, the rightful owner of that belt. And you've got people attacking from behind, talking shit about them. And it's 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 nothing it's not going to blow the war it's not going to be you know it's not it's not the most complex story in the world but like the previous match 
it kind of worked because it was so simple. And, you know, it wasn't a match that I would go out of my way to watch again. I wouldn't even recommend people sort of taking the time to watch it unless you're going to watch Money in Bank. But it definitely wasn't terrible. What about you, Jim? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it was... I, I personally, this is this is just me. If they're just waiting for Rhea Ripley to come back, I'd have had Bianca Belair just squash her, to be honest with you. Because I, there's, there was a couple of things I noticed during the match. One, Bianca Belair, since obviously she's been in the company for a, for a while, she's wrestled people who are better than her. She's now she's not she's not green anymore. She knows what she's doing. She knows the character. I remember saying ages ago on this podcast, because we've been doing it for a long time now, we need to count how many episodes we've done. We must have done fucking, we must have done well over 100. Anyway, but it, it, we looking at Bianca Bella, I remember saying a long time ago, and I don't know if you remember me saying it, Shawnee, I don't think this girl could ever be a heel. I just don't see it. I just can't see her ever being a heel. She's, look, she just looks so, with, with a smile, she's just so, fucking perfectly americana she, she looks sweet she looks fucking innocent she looks you know she just she's and she's amazing she's got raw talent and blah 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 and i was putting her over but i just couldn't see her being a heel well when she came out the other day and the promo that i was that on the on the video package that i saw her car i thought no she's got some confidence now she could be a bitch just she could be a heel like this this is if they ever wanted to do it if they ever wanted to turn her she, which they won't at the moment because she's literally a fucking, she's literally a walking merch table. Like when you see her walk to the ring, she's a fucking walking merch table. I'm surprised she isn't trying to hawk merch as she's walking to the ring selling fucking, you know, EST fucking, what do you call it, gimmicks and, and you know, there's, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure there must be some fake you know, Bianca Belair fucking ponytails that they're selling as well, selling a few of them. You know, Surprised she isn't trying to fucking. I'm surprised she's trying to set up a little table just before she comes out of the ring and, you know, just did a 15 minute break just as they're trying to hawk some merch off her. But anyway, like, you know, she, 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 she just, she's had so much confidence. And even though they was talking about Carmella being the veteran, like, Carmella for me is like old school diva. Like, she came out dressed as an old school diva. She was wearing, you know, really revealing quite sexy stuff and she's hot fuck me is she hot i mean she's got a butt of her, her body is just is she really is like you know without going without me going too mental about it she's got an amazing physique she's 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 stunning in, in the physique department and she's pretty as pretty fairly pretty as well i know she's married to the to the announcer guy but you know whatever like she is she's tasty so her fucking all of her heat is based on how amazing she thinks she is, and the vignettes were there, and the way she walked to the ring and everything and whatnot. You know, she 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 sort of got it. She sort of knows what she's doing. But when they when they're in the ring and she was getting her heat and stuff, she was saying, "Yes, that's the veteran instinct." But to me, she didn't look like the veteran in there. It looked like Bianca Belair was leading her around by a fucking, you know, by her nose. You know, she Bianca Belair was in full control of that match, and it just see it seemed sort of like a long squash match. I know there was a bit of heat in it, and I know there was a few little bits, but. Carmella just isn't a particularly good worker. So why expose that? You know what I mean? She's hot. She's got a really good act down. You know, she can still retain her heat. 
but just let fucking Bianca Belair, you know, smash, you know, smash her up. Let's have it. Let's have it. You know, it, it, I know you're saying that they're probably going to go somewhere with it, and they might do. And if they do go somewhere with it, you know, even a squash match, if she'd have beat her in a few minutes and then given her a fucking slap at the end or whatever she did to her, or I, I can't remember what she did, but if she'd if she'd have if it would have played out exactly the same, but would have been about fucking seven minutes shorter and, and Bianca Belair could have just fucked her up and, you know, got, got, got a quick win on her and, and Carmella could have just been outraged, totally outraged. You know, she's beautiful. She's fucking stunning and, and she's better than her in every way, but yet she just got fucked over. Boom. They go into a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a deal, which could set up a match for her next time, and maybe give her a bit longer there. But I, but I just felt the, I just I can't. She just isn't very good. She isn't a very good worker, and it exposed it expo- that this match exposed that. But one thing it did do <clears throat> is give Bianca is it also exposed how amazing Bianca Belair is, her her strength, her speed, her style, her move set. She's she's got she's got it all. She she she's a, it quickly for me encroaching on Charlotte Flair territory in terms of how how good she is her her particular role at the moment. Just a touch more on the selling, and and she'll be there in my in my estimations. And what you know, who cares about what I think? But this is what the podcast is about. So I'll tell you. You know, she's just she just needs a, a little bit more of a tweak on the selling, and you know she she'll be there. I did, the match was too long. She should have squashed her. It would have come out with exactly the same results. They could have got the job done exactly in the same way, and it would have made Bianca Belair just look like a little bit better. But instead, she's having sort of seven, eight, you know, nine, ten minute matches with someone who couldn't lace her boots. And uh, if they're going to put Carmella in the ring with her, they need to make sure Carmella can, can go. And unfortunately, I just, I just, don't know, I just, I just thought the match exposed Carmella for not being able to get it done in the ring. That's just my opinion. I just, just don't think she's a very good worker or she's nowhere near Bianca Belair's level. And she, she, it, and she's just come back from a long injury. So she, she, you know, as cool as all the vignettes were and everything was, and I know they spent a lot of money on her, that doesn't mean they need to give her a ten-minute match to expose the fact that she can't work, or she, or she's, you know, rusty as fuck. Just, 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 just squash her, Bianca Bella. Just needed a squasher, in my opinion, and that's that, really. Fair assessment, Jimmy Star. Shall we move on to the next match? Mm. Do you agree with me, Shawnee? Do you, what, what? What do you think? You, 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 you can't. You don't have to. You, you can. You. We don't have to go straight on the next match. You. You can. You can. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, challenge my 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 review. I don't really challenge it to be honest with you. Like I, I do agree because the match was a bit like in terms of the heat and what Carmella brought to the table. It was a lot of kind of character stuff. It was a lot of her just kind of you know bitching about and slapping her around and stuff. Like she didn't do a lot she didn't have a lot to do in the match other than get a little bit of heat and yeah maybe that did expose her but I guess I just kind of gave it the benefit of the doubt because I just enjoy watching Bianca Belair and it was a it was the right result and it was just I don't know it's all character stuff and like you've got Bianca Belair who has a good strong character this 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 really strong baby face who's really athletic really strong you know she's the EST and then you've got Carmella who probably like you said she's more of a diva can't really work that well but She's got sort of bags of characters. So I can see two people go in there. And, you know, in comparison to all the other matches 
on the event. Like this one, it, it definitely wasn't one of the worst women's matches. And in fact, like out of the three women's matches, the Money in the Bank match, this match, and then the the Ronda Rousey um, Talia match, this was by far the best match. And it didn't even have like the the best wrestling in it. So I guess that's sort of where I'm coming from. But yeah, I, I do agree. Like Carmella is not as good as as Bianca Belair, but Bianca needed someone to beat, and I guess they had time to fill. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. They've got they've got time to fill and. And not enough, not enough wrestlers. I think just not enough wrestlers. But yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what what what's, what we're looking at next. Next up was the unified tag team title match. The Usos, they're the champions. They're they got the red belts and the blue belts against the Street Profits. And wow. What a game of two halves this match was. Like, by all accounts, this should have just been another tag team match that had, like, two really talented teams. And they were going to have a good match. But by the end of this match, in, in my estimations, like, both of the teams, especially the Street Profits, like, my estimation is through the roof. Like, this match was, in my opinion, it was blinding. And I can't even explain, like, how good I thought this match was. Like, the beginning of the match, probably the first 10, 15 minutes of the match was really really textbook like it it didn't it almost like it felt like it didn't really have much going for it and i was thinking this is a long match they've done a long heat they've done quite a little a little bit of time already it maybe even be like the first 10 or 15 minutes and it was like this is very paint by numbers this is very kind of plodding and slow and methodical and i quite liked it because the usos have now sort to sort of start to take on that approach that like roman reigns did when he started to first become heel and get into that kind of god mode where he didn't rush things he would just spend the time just taking apart each of his opponents just nitpicking each little part and just taking his time to really really just draw out this heat and the Usos started to do that you know they're posing a lot more they'll do their little flashy move and then they'll just put their one finger up and then the crowd will just like boo them and I was like this is this is cool I can appreciate this but does this really need to be on pay-per-view I don't really know this could <laughs> this could be a Smackdown match this could be a Raw match but then as the match kind of went on and it just started to get more explosive and more exciting. And then towards the last quarter of the match, this match had me on the edge of my seat, like marking out like my former like 15 year old self. And that doesn't hop happen very often when I watch wrestling. So like hats off to both of these teams. Like the, the match was long. There was like two heats, I think maybe even three heats. I think like the Street Profits, like they each took turns and then and then when they went into the hot tags for each one of those points, they added something different in there as well. And like as a tag team, Jim, like I was watching this match trying to get some ideas from these guys because it was cool because there was one one part where there was like a there was a hot tag and I thought, oh, the guy's going to come in. It's going to be clothesline, clothesline, back elbow and then a big thing. And it was like they sort of stopped, brought it down and then brought it back. I was like, oh, that was a little bit different. And then like one of the other hot tags, like it seemed like, I think it was Montez Ford was like crawling and none of the Usos were going to get to him. He, he made the, the easiest tag and I was like, oh, this is not very exciting. Then Angelo Dawkins just does a big old dive to the outside. I was like, that's a cool hot tag. Like, I'd not seen that before as well. And it's just like, these guys seemingly put like 100% into this match. And, you know, I don't know whether they were, they were told to go out there and just be like, right, we've got like some pretty good matches on like we've got some pretty high caliber matches we've got like a multi-person ladder match we've got like a united states title match but i want you guys to go out there and kill it and and they absolutely did this was like by far my favorite match on the card and 
towards the end of the match, like normally I get a little bit harsh on kind of near falls and false finishes, but like these guys nailed each and every one of them because there wasn't a thousand of them and it was great. Like there were some moments where I thought the Usos were going to steal the win, but then they switched it back around in the end the, and the Profits would nail a massive move and then that would get saved at the last second. Like the camera work was, was, was awful at the beginning, but then as they started to get into these like near falls when you, you, you the camera pans on to the person doing the pin and then from out of nowhere you have one of the usos come in and dive in at literally the last second like that just adds a really really big big bit of excitement for me but then um, we sort of ended the match even with a bit more sort of controversies like montez ford he's hit with stereo super kicks pinned clean in the ring and then after the usos have sort of celebrated put their finger up they take the uh, the belts they leave the ring we then get to see some footage which displays that montez's ford's shoulder was off the mat when he was pinned and i was like was that intentional? I don't, I don't quite know. But then when they kept showing it and they like zoomed into it and they, they really showed you that they, they did a dusty finish. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Uh, are they going to restart the match? And then they started saying that. I was like, go on. Re-, like, cause I was 100% up for having them play, you know, ha- do this match for another five, 10, 15 minutes. Like I was so into this match. It was just like, come on, come on, come on, come on. But they didn't, unfortunately, they just kind of went with the sort of half dusty finish. Like the street profits have a legitimate reason to, to be pissed off and, and want their rematch. And if they do that at SummerSlam, and if they do, like, this is another reason to look forward to SummerSlam. That doesn't happen very often. WWE don't really seem to kind of do that well in in getting me to want to watch their ne- next live event. It's normally it's normally like, oh, it's a Hell in a Cell, or it's a Money in a Bag, or it's a TLC. That's, that's the only thing you've got to look forward to. But, like, after seeing this match, if they have another match this caliber at SummerSlam, I'm in for it. Like, they've always already advertised, you know, Roman and Brock in their last man standing. So if, if, if that's going to be in there... I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. What about yourself, Jim? Yeah, I mean, it was it was perfect, wasn't it? It was beautiful. It was a, it was a. I've always loved tag team wrestling. I've always a lot of the time I I prefer watching tag team wrestling over you know over singles wrestling. And and this was just such a you know it, it was you you can. See why I mean the action was like you said the, the first sort of 10 minutes of the match you know they kept it fairly textbook because I suppose they knew they were going to go long you know they were going to nearly hit the sort of it must have hit nearly the half hour mark you know it, it was in in terms you know in terms of time they 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 they, they just seemed to go on and on and things just seem things seem to build up and build up and like you say the false finishes were amazing and they were so well timed and the crowd would just come in, in their pants every time something cool or big happened see this is the difference between an AEW tag match and a WWE tag match when AEW do something and they just throw everything at the wall go 100 miles an hour straight away and just fucking like or some of like young bucks, they they do the same routine every time. It just bores people, and people know what's coming. I genuinely watched this match as a professional wrestler of fucking you know the best part of twenty years, and I did not know what the fuck was going to happen at the end, and that excites me. When the very rare occasion I get to sit and watch a match and not know and not be sure because I was watching it and I was 100% sure that, you know, they're not going to change titles here, money in the bank, Usos are going to retain their titles. But as the match progressed, I just fucking had no clue. And it, but, and I could follow it. I could, you know, I could enjoy it. I could, it, I could 
fucking, I was growing with the match. My excitement was growing with what they were doing. My excitement was, was peaking when it needed to peak. They were bringing me down. They were bringing me up. I, my, my, I suspended my disbelief for this match. I got excited by it. It was genuinely exciting. And not many matches can do that to, to professional wrestlers because you know how it works. You know how it, how it you know, you, you know what the deal is. And going back and watch, if I watched it again, I would, you know, I'll watch it and I'll think, fuck. And like you, I was picking up tips and thinking, shit, this is how I do a fucking, this is how I do a, a five star tag match. You know, it was, it, it was a five star tag match. It was, it was beautifully done. I get the feeling they've worked together quite a lot recently. I don't know whether on Raw or SmackDown they've had a, a many matches or, you know, they've obviously been doing the house show loop together because this isn't the type of match you get right on the first on the first match. Do you know what I mean? This isn't the sort of like, you know, first, first meet, you know, this is something that they've built up over time and added to and added to. And they've just they've just got it perfect. The Usos are amazing, and when they need to slow things down, this is the thing as well. And this is something that AEW tags need to learn from. When the Usos needed to slow it down, they slowed it down to a snail's pace. They would just hit them once, and they wouldn't touch them for another two or three minutes. They'd be working the crowd, or they'd be scuffing scuffling them about or they'd be doing a bit of cheating or something like that. They wouldn't be going fucking crazy because they knew that, you know, in a couple of minutes time, that was when they needed to turn the volume up or the heat up a bit. The peaks and troughs, troughs and, valley, and valleys in this match were just, were just outstanding. It blew my mind. The actual match blew my mind. It was the best match I've seen definitely this year, and it's the best tag match I've seen in a long, long, long time. It was a credit to both teams. They, they, you know, it, it wasn't the Usos lead, just leading the the Street Profits through through the match. The Street Profits did their bits brilliantly. You know that Montez Ford guy. He's the skinnier one. Montez Montez Ford, right? Yeah, he's getting jacked up as well. He's starting to look good, look better. So you can obviously take him more seriously. It was. It, it it was beautiful. It was it was a beautiful fucking dance, and I can't I can't think of you know I, I can't think of a tag match that, that that's been as good as that for a new time. I know the Usos had a few crackers with a new day, but I think it even excelled them. It was it was it was brilliant, and it it like I said, it, just listening to you, and then obviously you know with my opinion too, it kept us both on the edge of our seats, and we had no idea what was going to fucking happen. And the finish was brilliant. The finish was done beautifully, from you know making us believe that the Usos had a clean win, and then switching the camera angles on us, so they they fooled us even into thinking it was a, it was a clean win. So by the time the Usos just sort of got down the ramp and fucked off. We didn't find out that it was a that it was a sort of dusty finish until then, nearly, you know. So again, it was just it was just all done so brilliantly from from every aspect. I, I can't give it high enough praise. And some of the some of the spots on there that just one spot. I don't often talk about spots, but when Montez Ford jumped off the top rope and he got he took that super kick. Fuck, that was well timed. I mean, you, you couldn't you couldn't get that any better. Such a beautiful fucking move. Such such poetic imagery of just him jumping off that fucking top rope and getting 
kicked by that full extended leg. There was no, there was no fucking about there. That that was that was beautifully done. So and so, and so just the, you know spots like that I remember and the you know and many others. It was it was full of action, but it wasn't overdone at the end. Even though there was loads of false finishes and stuff, it wasn't overdone. No one hit their finisher a squillion times, and if they did, you know, it was it was dealt with in the right way in terms of how they got out of it. Just brilliant. Just fucking superb. Amazing. Amazing. I'll give that. I'll give that five stars any day of the fucking week. So, Shawnee, like, obviously, you know, you said you learned a few things watching that as a, as a tag team. You know, obviously, we're a tag team. You know, we've wrestled quite a few tag matches. Obviously, not not to, not quite to that caliber, unfortunately, yet. But, you know, it is it is hard to get in a tag match right and getting those peaks and troughs and valleys sort of, you know, you know, in, in, in the right places and, and making sure that those hot tags are super hot, which these guys all, all manage, all manage beautifully. But like, just, 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 just looking at that, it's, it's such learning value for us. That's why, that's why people even who's who've been doing it for a long time, like where we need to watch this shit because this, this, this I, I, I learned fuckloads. Honestly, I really did. I learned fuckload. It was a masterclass. Yeah, it was, it was really superb. And I, I think I mentioned it when I was talking, like they had sort of maybe two or three hot tags and each one of them was different. And that's what I'm kind of trying to learn as a sort of a tag team wrestler the more matches that we have the more matches we put together with different people it's trying to figure out different ways of doing it because sometimes in in wrestling and a special kind of you know in independent wrestling in the uk and local wrestling and things like that you can get into a little bit of a routine it's a little bit like all right jim you take the heat this time and then when i get the hot tag you know i'll jump in a clothesline clothesline back elbow go to the corner him with a bulldog it's like that simple stuff and these guys could have easily have done that but like each time they went into a hot tag they mixed up a little bit and it was like okay that's cool it was still exciting they didn't bring it down because that's sort of the the art with the hot tag isn't it is you build and you build and you build and then finally the baby face manages to get free gets a tag to his fresher fresher partner and then that partner comes in and just rains fire down and just you know absolute piss and vinegar and like they they did that but they did that in different ways which i really really appreciated and it's, it's nice and i think moving forward when we plan matches when we put matches together depending on who we're up against i want to kind of incorporate that a little bit more and just just take our time and just have fun and and just i don't know like they didn't do every move under the sun there wasn't a million like canadian destroyers there wasn't loads of top rope stuff but there was there was just good, exciting, well put in maneuvers that, that just kind of meant something. And, you know, you had the baby faces selling their asses off and you had the heels just just owning that ring, just walking around like they absolutely owned it. And it's just like, I can imagine it's just been years and years and years of experience for the Usos to get to that point, you know, now sort of being in the bloodline and just being like, actually, we are probably the best tag team in the world right now and we can raise our finger and we can do our little catchphrase and people are going to actually say you know what you're right because before they used to just be the usos they're rikishi's sons they're the cousins of the rock and roman reigns but now they're like these guys are stars and that's that's just so great that you can see four awesome guys in a match come together and everybody put in a hundred percent effort and just put on an absolute clinic and like i'm actually tempted to go back and watch this match and actually pick up a few more pointers if i can knowing what i know 
you know, having watched the match already, I can now look in different directions and, and kind of expect things and, and be like, oh, okay, they did that because of this. And, you know, sort of take a more of a, a wrestling wrestler's approach to, to the match. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And 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 another thing I added in 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 my sort of notes as well, that is that wasn't it nice. I know Montez Ford did the running flip over the corner, but that's one a move that he does quite. You know, that's one of his his moves. But wasn't it nice to see an amazing match that just had the crowd and the people at home on the edge of their seats? You know, just fucking you know, not bored, just totally engaged, suspending their disbelief. Wasn't it nice to see uh, that you can do a match like that without having to do a backflip or spiking something or fucking, you know, getting on the, getting on the, 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 the top rope and doing a twizzly fucking death, death driver. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just nice to see that they could totally fucking uh, just, uh, well, just just destroy a match in a good way with with you know obviously good moves and athletic moves and being extremely athletic guys, but it was nice to see that they didn't have to kill themselves to uh, to 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 give you and present that kind of excitement and yeah just the, the kind of match they did without without you know sticking their head into the ground and risking paralysis yeah they just they just absolutely nailed it and like everything felt like it was there for a reason and everything felt like it was it was really well put in there wasn't a there wasn't a lost movement there wasn't a sort of a you know a flailing limb everyone put in as much effort in the start as they did at the end and when the street profits needed to they got the crowd juiced up they got them ready to go and that just adds in that extra little element as well it's like i can't imagine watching wrestling on mute i can imagine it's a really odd experience but like when you see a wrestler in there just just trying to get the crowd going the crowd are behind it and you can see the reacting they're standing up they're cheering they're clapping you know they're they're saying holy shit or like this is awesome and i know it's a little bit of an indie thing to do but like fight forever and all this other stuff they're showing their appreciation and it was natural and it wasn't forced and it wasn't just because like they they saw somebody get spiked on the head it was because they were seeing really good textbook well thought out tag team pro wrestling and that was just haven't seen it in a while no i hadn't seen it in a long time and it was very much a welcome adage to that show because that that show might have been one of the worst of the year if that match hadn't been on it it was it was it was weird and funnily enough it was Money in the Bank where they had uh, John Cena and CM Punk. That was a Money in the Bank match, and that was a match that was sort of like that. Just, just, just what was amazing in 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 every aspect. Just like, just totally psychology wise, execution wise, and yeah, just a match that kept you on the edge of your, edge of your seat until you didn't know what was what was going to happen. That happened at Money in the Bank. So Money in the Bank does have a, a bit of a history of having some sort of absolutely blinding matches, and yeah, that was a uh, that 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 really propped up the show that was the fucking foundations of the show that was because like we said that we said you know we've 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 given a a few matches some sort of you know hair reviews and you know theory versus lashley so far up until this point was 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 pretty good but you know was it was it a pay-per-view match you know you could have probably said you could like you you say sometimes could that have been done on a smackdown probably and it was a good match it was fine there was nothing wrong with it we were saying it was a good heel babyface match 
old school, good. Nice to see that that sort of stuff can work. But without this match on the show, I think we'd have been we'd we, we, we'd have been pulling our hair out. And speaking of pulling our hair out, we had the next match, which was the SmackDown Women's Title match. We had Natalia, the challenger, versus Ronda Rousey, the champion. And what an odd match this was, in my opinion. Like. I can't really, I've, I've tried and I've tried and I can't really get behind Ronda Rousey as a wrestler. And the more I see her in the ring, the more I question, is she really any good and why do people even like her? And I think even the crowd seem to be turning on her on this, this event as well. Like, it feels like her moves look weak and sloppy and she just has zero charisma. And I don't know whether that's down to her, whether it's the way she's been presented or the notes that she's been given to go out there. But like, it is not her natural state to go out there kind of waving and smiling. Like, she's meant to be the baddest woman on the planet, but she just looks like any other wrestler. And then on the flip side, you have Natalia, who also is a black hole for charisma, but is someone that can actually work pretty well. Like, she is a good hand at wrestling like I can't say I enjoy her matches I, I don't enjoy her character I don't enjoy the way she's presented the way she looks or anything like that you know not 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 looks wise as in like is she attractive or not that doesn't really play a part but just the way that she's presented on television and on pay-per-view it does nothing for me so you know <laughs> you don't really have much going into this match when I don't really see much in the two superstars. But there were a few pretty entertaining points in this match. The first was the pair were sort of exchanging holds, like Natalia would lock in a sharpshooter, and then Ronda Rousey would manage to switch that into an ankle lock. They went sort of back and forth for a little bit, and then Ronda Rousey managed to get Natalia into the sharpshooter, and then she proceeded to kind of do this long lunge in, into the Shawn Michaels pose whilst in the sharpshooter. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. It showed a bit of history, a little bit of personality. But then there wasn't really much after that. They went into the finish, which was a sort of a, a weird, loose-looking armbar, really weak. Natalia taps out, and then at this point, Rousey sort of had her knee worked on for a little bit. And then it was the perfect time for the new Ms. Money in the Bank to come down and cash in a briefcase. So finally, we got some excitement in this segment. And I know the internet wrestling community went wild about this. So uh, Liv Morgan comes in. She cashes in her briefcase. She goes to kick Ronda Rousey and uh, Rousey picks her ankle and I thought at this point oh they're gonna have Liv Morgan be the first female not to cash in successfully because they they had mentioned that earlier on the show and I thought are they planting seeds they were like all right the men they, they they've had an 84% success rate on cashing in but the women it's always been a hundred percent I thought ah they're gonna switch it around tonight they're gonna switch it around but they didn't they had Liv Morgan kick the 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 injured knee of Ronda Rousey and then just sort of half rolled her up in a weird pin sort of a loose roll up Liv Morgan's now the new Smackdown Women's Champion and Ronda Rousey just gets up and just 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 hugs her and at this point I'm thinking I don't get this what what is what is wrestling do people do people not have any integrity for their characters like they keep going on about Ronda Rousey being the baddest woman on the planet like she can kill people and then she just gets up and goes oh yeah I lost my belt oh, I don't care I'll give you a little hug and I'll raise your arm it's like you just had your title the title that you fought for the title that you you won the Royal Rumble and then you managed to beat Charlotte who's your your fiercest rival at that time and it meant everything to you and you keep telling people that it means everything to you and then you just sort of go ah oh, yeah don't worry about it Liv you, you, you got it like, I'll just give you a hug and, and send you on your way like if somebody somebody had stolen my belt in that way like I'd have been fuming like somebody cashes in on me after I've just had this match with Natalia my knees hurt and you just go straight for it and then you beat me with a, a weak roll up like I would be absolutely livid I would want to go in there and just snap her arm off but I guess she didn't she's a baby face she smiles she waves and yeah whatever so 
all in all, I liked that part of it. I liked the excitement of Liv Morgan cashing in. I think, you know, cashing in of money in the bank briefcases are always exciting because you just never know what's going to happen. And it's kind of like five minutes of like, oh, is somebody going to be the new champion? Are they not? Are they going to lose? Are they going to win? Like That's that's interesting. But the, the, the part before it, I could, you know, I could, I could kind of leave it. What about you, Jim? Do you enjoy this match? Yeah, oh, it was crap, wasn't it? I mean, the, the reason it happened, I think, was I, just, I don't know what it was about. I don't care what it was about because I'm not a fucking mark and I don't fucking piss about on the internet and look at the fucking smart mark rather and piss about on the internet and look at what's going on in terms of Twitter and people having a go at each other. But I think I think Natalia and Ronda Rousey had a bit of a Twitter row from what I heard. Don't know what it was about. Don't care. So that's why they set up this match and they obviously went into a call. But it was like a really boring world of sport match. And, yeah, you know, Ronda Rousey is, like you said, is the baddest woman on the planet. Comes down smiling like like the baddest woman on the planet would do. High-fiving kids like the baddest person on the planet would do. And then gets in the ring and looks like they're ready for action. Natalia looks like... Uh, uh, fuck knows what she looks like. She's, she's had so much tweaking and plastic surgery she looks like she's encased in a porcelain tomb do you know what i mean she looks like she should she could crack she's fucking just so so she's just so gimmicked up with with plastic surgery i, I, I don't I, I wouldn't even be able to put an age on her she could be 16 or 90 i don't know because no human being looks like that human beings do not look like natalia does like they just don't like she she hasn't got she hasn't got a human being's face so I don't really know what it is like you know there might be some people who live in far away galaxies who have faces like Natalia but you know not in this not in this world she she's been fully gladstoned up with plastic surgery and just looks absolutely fucking ridiculous in my opinion it's not you know natalia to me has never been particularly exciting she's from the old school of female wrestlers who you know sort of she was one of the better ones from that era because that was all about looks and tits and ass and she was about working and being tough plus she's jim neidhart's door so you know that probably helped get a foot in the door <clears throat> keeping the heart dynasty going type thing but she, i've never watched a match with natalia and thought at the end of it <clears throat> fuck me that was good you know sorry i just need to have a sweet before i've got something else right so she has never impressed me ronda rousey is a typical example of what i was saying earlier on she walked in she walked in a megastar she walked through the door a megastar she was ufc's biggest draw and people would flock from all over the globe to see her fight she was more popular than any man and drew more money for the ufc than any any man has ever done including brock lesnar and everything she walked through the door a star and just seeing her the other day she just looked like a confused fucking i don't know she just looked like a confused trainee it, it was that looked like a trainee match it was just transfer hold transfer hold the only spot i liked was the sharpshooter on the apron and then the push off into the into the post because those posts are made out of different material now 
when people twat them, it really sounds like they've 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 done a number on themselves, and that was a good spot. But uh, yeah, it was just it was a, a badly put together, boring. I mean, did you hear the crowd? You could have heard a mouse fart from the back, fucking from the from 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 what from, from the popcorn stand from that one. Like, could you could you fucking could you hear, hear? I couldn't hear any any any. It was silent. Wasn't it? From it the was crowd. Just, there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't silence because people were watching. It was silence because people were thinking, "When are these? When are these guys going to get started?" You know. You know, I'm. I understand. It was. Like, it was just like two people who didn't know how to work, just having a roll around, and it was. It was. It was. It was abysmal. It really was abysmal. I think Ronda Rousey, even though I blame the WWE a little bit for for killing her character in terms of making her this smiling baby face, because. Someone's told her to smile and clap people's hands. You're, I think you're right. She's not a natural baby face. I think she's been told to do a lot of this stuff. So the WWE have got something to answer for with all that shit. But the in-ring stuff, Ronda Rousey has not looked interested in being in that ring for a long time. Since she's come back this second time, she's just not looked interested. From the Royal Rumble where she just pointed at that at the WrestleMania sign like she was giving someone directions to the pub. Do you know what I mean? She just looked and no, she had no interest in her, in her face. She just looked like she didn't want to be there. You know, paycheck please, you know. Fucking to WrestleMania where she just, she, that was all right. That wasn't a bad match, but it was Charlotte leading it and it was, you know, had some intensity to it. But it wasn't, it wasn't nowhere near as good as the as Bianca versus who did she wrestle? Bianca Belair uh, at WrestleMania. No, who did she wrestle at Mania? She wrestled Becky Lynch, didn't she? And it, that was amazing. So, so yeah. So, but so Charlotte. What I'm saying is, the Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey was 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 wasn't a particularly great match. It was okay, but any 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 anything that was good was probably either done or led by Charlotte in that match with the sort of intensity side of things. But because Rousey didn't really have anyone to lead her, it was just a it was just a roll around, a ten minute roll around with no excitement, no peaks, no troughs, no story, no nothing. Liv Morgan coming down and taking the belt. I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen from the minute she did her promo, Liv Morgan. I'm not just saying that because, you know, I want to sound like I'm the fucking, you know, the 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 dawn of intelligence. I just knew she was going to cash it in. And I also know that because the past three or four cash-ins with the women have either been done on the same night or the night after. <clears throat> so they don't hang about with the women. They tend to cash them in pretty quick. So I thought, yeah, this will probably be, and it will probably be a good, and I thought to myself again beforehand, it will be a good way for Rousey to lose without losing too much face. She's had a really, you know, if if this went well, which it didn't, she's had a really fucking a hard match. You know, she's absolutely fucked. You know, out comes the money in the bank winner, Liv Morgan, and she beats her and, you know, everyone's a winner. Fucking, you know, Ronda Rousey gets to lose when she's all fucked up. Liv Morgan is, takes the opportunity. She's still a baby face. She can do all the crying and baby face selling, and that's great. And obviously Natalia was always going to lose a match. So I knew that was going to happen. I could see that happening. I, I would have, if I, if I would have, 
if I would have rung up DraftKings, I reckon I would have won a few quid out of that. But I didn't ring up DraftKings. I I saw the. I like it when they put the DraftKings advert up because it, it says DraftKings bet on who could win the money in the bank. Bet on who could win against the women's title. Bet on how it could happen. Bet on this. And then afterwards, it says, "Do you have any problem with gambling addiction? <laughs> Are you a gambling addict? You, if you, if you, if you, if you've lost all your money and you're just on the end of a rope, ring this number beforehand. We might be able to fucking convince you to to do it." But yeah, it was it was it it was pretty obvious. I I thought that that was going to happen. But yeah, the hug at the end. I don't know what Rousey's future is after this. This, but she even needs to leave. And do something she enjoys. I don't know what the fuck that may be. She doesn't doesn't need to do anything. She does the thing. She doesn't need to be there. She she's set for life. Like what does she need to be there for? What incentive does she have to be there? Like none. So she can go and live her life with a husband and a kid and just be a mum and 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 live her life and have a lovely time. Or if she does something, for fuck's sake. Turn heel and fucking be aggressive and be the Ronda Rousey that was in the UFC and start killing motherfuckers and and you know let's see some aggression let's see something let's see something that we can grab hold of because Ronda Rousey just looks so mm-hmm. fucking fed up and like you said she's green she's still green they put her in a position where they gave her that belt and they expected her to have all these fucking mind-blowing matches and for a while she was doing okay but she was being led through by some of the best women wrestlers in the world and she was doing okay but now 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 she isn't this is what this is what what ronda rousey is when she hasn't got someone to lead her that is what you get out of her and it's such a shame it's such a shame so i blame wwe for just totally fucking her over with that silly smiley bullshit and i blame her especially for this run for just taking the money turning up and leaving and not caring about her craft that, that being a professional wrestler isn't her craft being an mma fighter is and uh, i don't think she gets it i don't think she gets any joy out of the fact there's a lack of competition <clears throat> when she left wwe the first time and they had that big break she said you know she said some derogatory things about wrestling and that rubbed people up the wrong way so she she, she don't know she just there's something there's something there she just doesn't want to be there and if she doesn't want to be there she's lost the belt now that's a perfect time for her just to exit stage left and fucking let someone else let someone else try and make a star out of herself because she's just devalued herself not that that matters like i said because she's financially set so just just a poor poor show man just a poor show for both of them and uh, yeah just like i say hopefully Liv morgan will 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 take that title and and hopefully fingers crossed she'll 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 have a few you know she'll 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 try. She'll she'll boost the title up, give it a bit more meaning. In the match quality, will 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 get better from now on. With if if she's got the belt, because Liv Morgan's not a bad little wrestler. She's a she's a good athlete. She just needs more experience. So probably a bit too early to put the belt on her. But it's nice that they did. Like you said, good feel, good moment. But it wasn't as good a feel, a good moment as it could have been because the match before was so shit. Thankfully, that wasn't the main event of Money in the Bank 2022. We still had the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We had Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Madcap Moss, Riddle and Omos. However, there was something missing. 
we mentioned it earlier a little bit, GM Adam Pearce comes out and inserts another superstar into the match, making this an eight-man match. And the person joining was Theory. I love this. It adds excitement and intrigue. And we mentioned it just then. All those suckers that bet on DraftKings that who's going to win this Money in the Bank ladder match have all probably just lost unless they can, they've got some foresight into thinking that WWE are just going to swerve them again and just add in somebody random that's going to go ahead and win it. And that's fine. It makes me laugh every time because it seems like any time there's DraftKings, there's always going to be a swerve. How many people would you reckon when Theory come out went, oh no, fucking hell, I've just lost <laughs> yeah, me out. Yeah. Where's that number again? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking hell. Well, what can I sell? What can I sell? What can I sell? I'll have to sell my lawnmower. <laughs> I had my money on Seth Rollins. Yeah, oh happened. God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. She's going to kill me when she gets home. And finds out we're living in the fucking caravan. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it, yeah. The, 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 the amount of people that went, oh fuck, I've just done my bollocks when Fairy came out was was probably quite remarkable, but also amusing. But it does say at the end of that little DraftKings advert, but you know, bet responsibly. So you know, don't ever don't don't, don't fucking bet on record. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet Fairy weren't even meant to be in the match until they saw the, the actual original winner. I bet mean, it was a, literally five minutes before, and they went, fuck, we're going to have to do some playing out here, boys. Fucking, we'll, 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 we'll stick Theory in the match, so he's going to win it. And Theory, Theory probably had his strategies on and his vest <laughs> and was like, well, what are you on about? Fuck, I've got to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, you got to wrestle. But get your shit back on. You, you're going to win. Yeah, it's going to be oh, worth it, mate. Sake. Yeah, get on out there. All right, all right. It's Everything, it'd be funny if everything that fucking WWE did now was based on draft games. <laughs> I think it is. The, the weird swerves that they've done in the past, especially that weird Roman Reigns Finn Balor thing when it went dark and he slipped off the top rope. It's like, they must have just had a, had a laugh with that. And they're just like, right, we've got this $10,000. We can't give away ten grand. People know what's going to happen, right? What can we do? Just Austin Theory's just walking, but he's just had a shower, just walking down. <laughs> uh, Theory, you're in the match. What? You're in the match. Oh, really? Yeah, you're going to win. All right, right. Yep, yep. I'll be there in a sec, bro. Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> Just make sure nobody wins that $10,000. Yeah, yeah. He was doing his boot up as he walked down of the ring. It's fucking... No, it, it's, it's... it's Yeah. It, it, well, at least it fucking gives the WWE a chance to try and come up with more creative finishes. One day we're going to see the fucking ring blow up and all the fucking... All the wrestlers limp everywhere just so they don't have to pay the fucking 20 grand out for the, for the what do you call it to, to guess the finish yeah. an alien's gonna come down <laughs> and beam one of them up or something yeah Roman Reigns versus Get Brock Lesnar who's fight. gonna win this match oh it turns out Roman Reigns just leaves just 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 gets in the car and just, yeah. just buggers <laughs> off nobody bet that did they at DraftKings yeah, they all thought Roman, Roman Reigns was gonna win or Brock Lesnar was gonna win uh, Roman just got on a, got a plane uh, Roman Reigns has an epileptic seizure. <laughs> he high fives someone who ate nuts and he's allergic to them. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. They'll think they'll think it's something fucking stupid. But anyway, yeah, it was nice. It was yeah, it was cool. That was a cool thing. I had theory that was yeah. good. And but the minute I added him, you knew he was going to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, I had it spoiled on social media, so I didn't know who was going to come out and win. But that, that's fine. Like, but my, my sort of 
first thoughts about watching this match was like you can see all the caliber of the wrestlers in there you can see how they're going to fit into this match and then you've got omos and i was like how how is omos going to operate however i actually thought it was a great addition to the match and actually added way more than the likes of madcap moss and even riddle Sami Zayn, and seth Rollins. like he was actually the main focus for a lot of guys like trying to get him out of the match and that added a little bit of story and intrigue that which i thought was what the, the women's match kind of lacked like if they'd have taken the same approach and I know they can't do it exactly because, you know, you'd just be doing the same thing in each match. But like they had the bigger lady there in, you know, Raquel Rodriguez. They could have teamed up on her and put all the ladders on her and made that an interesting thing. But that that's fine. They did it to Omas and I'm sure the guys, they, they were like, right, we want to do that with him. We've done it with, with the people like Kane or Big Show or, you know, the great Carly in the past. And that's it's a tried and tested thing because it's always difficult to have such a massive, you know, seven foot six, 300 pound guy in there in a ladder match. What's he going to do? Like, jump off the top rope yeah nah it's not gonna happen is it so they need to kind of get him out of the way and i thought the powerbomb spot when like six of the other guys just picked him up and just launched him through the announcer's table i thought that was a great spot and it was it was sort of a well-needed thing for omas because he come across as sort of a legitimate threat in the match and it didn't really his greenness was covered by a lot of what was happening in this match because there was just so much chaos and there was eight people go, you know, in, in this match that, you know, he could get hit or curb stomped or whatever and then just just chill out for a little bit. There wasn't the main focus on, on Omas. And I thought the, the match in, in general, like they took their time with the match, but it, it, it wasn't boring. The match kept flowing really nicely. And I think it's because you got so much experience in there from the likes of, you know, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, that they know how to kind of put this match together and piece it together and give everyone enough to do like everybody had their little moment and although a few people had more of a moment than other people like for instance like Sheamus and Drew McIntyre seemed to feature in the match quite heavily you know Riddle had his moments with his his giant jump off the top rope or he did the vintage DDT off the ladder or even the big RKO on, on Seth Rollins but you know other people didn't really need to be there but I guess they were just there just to kind of fill out the numbers and and that was fine because you know was Madcap Moss ever going to win money in the bank was was Sami Zayn ever going to win money in the bank I could see Seth Rollins winning it but he just kind of sat in in, in the back wings kind of waiting for his his, his next spot and it was nice because it sort of put the focus on the people that weren't necessarily the top tier guys it put the, the focus on Omos and it put the focus on you know Theory and things like that and it did what the, the, the ladder match had to had to do and I actually quite like the finish of Theory picking up the, the win for the briefcase and I like it when a heel has the money in the bank briefcase it just adds a little bit more to the story gives them a much, much bigger canvas to work from you know because when you think of people that have previously cashed in from the likes of you know Seth Rollins when he did it at WrestleMania, he was a heel when Edge first cashed in the first ever money in the bank when he was a heel and did it at the it was the the elimination chamber. When I think back to Punk when he had it and he cashed in on on Jeff Hardy, they were, they were all mo- all great moments coming from like heels. Like I don't get that sense of of. I don't know. I don't want to jump out of my seat when a, when a babyface cashes in because it almost like compromises their character sometimes. And then you've done the stuff with John Cena's, you know, cashed in a week in advance or and, and things like that. And it just doesn't have that that excitement, the heel coming down where you just think, no, you don't, you bugger, don't you dare. And they cash in and they win it and they they stand there. And I hope that that's going to be a good moment for for Austin Theory, possibly when he cashes in. Maybe SummerSlam. I don't know. Maybe WrestleMania. I don't know. But I think when he does, if it's done right, then and, you know they're going to put the the belt or belts on him and that's going to you know 
put him into the stratosphere. Or even if he doesn't cash in, like I think he's got such a strong character that he could cash in and fail successfully, if that makes sense. Like he could go out there and not win the belt, but still have so much to kind of come back from and, and just have so many gripes. And he's, you know, he's in with Mr. McMahon. So he, he can, he can almost like have the decision re- reversed and get the, ca- get the briefcase back. And there's so much more you can do with a person like Theory compared to what you would have with, say, a Drew McIntyre. I would love Drew McIntyre to have the, the, the case, but it doesn't excite me because I can imagine he'd be the kind of guy that'd be like, all right, I'm going to cash in now. It's going to be at WrestleMania. It's going to be in the main event. And then, you know, where, where, where's the excitement in that? I, I need a heel sneaking in. Like I could see maybe a Sami Zayn sneaking in and, and just hanging out on the wings and then cashing in at any point and it just being kind of exciting and different. And it's nice that they put it on somebody like Theory who wasn't, yeah, wasn't in the match to begin with and, and wasn't like the, the favorite going in and, and, I just feel like this is, is he's dynamic enough to do something fresh with that briefcase. And, and all in all, I, I rather like this match. It, it was entertaining. It was long, but it, it was never boring. And yeah, it was it, it was cool. What do you reckon, Jim? Yeah, it, I mean, as Money in the Bank ladder matches go, it, it won't ever be really, you know, it, it's not going to be sort of up there in the top echelon is it? it's going to get lost in time but as an experience to sit down and watch for you know 25 minutes or so it was all right i mean it, it had i think i think omos did the best that he's ever done but that isn't hard but he he seemed to he seemed to like you say his role was to be the giant that everyone needed to eliminate before they could even think about getting the belt because they obviously wouldn't have stood a chance. He would have, he would have fucked them up. And he did some sort of different moves and stuff. And he did a cool little spot with Riddle, actually, where he yanked his foot off and Riddle went on his shoulders. And unfortunately, he just did a body slam. He needs to learn a few moves. I'll give him that. He needs to learn a few more moves because, yeah, he, he's just doing body slams and, you know, sort of dangerous type power slams. And he does that choke bomb, that Albert bomb thing, which I noticed just a little, just a little thing for you guys to go back on and and have a look at. I noticed that when he had theory in that Albert bomb, he'd just gone off the ladder or he might've even just picked him up. I can't remember, but he was in the wrong position to slam him. And obviously fucking Omos being green as goose shit. Theory was like, don't slam me here. Don't slam me here. Turn, turn, turn. And I could see him talking to him when he was <laughs> when he was up in the Albert bomb thing. Like he was being quite calm about it, but he was saying, "Please don't slam me here, don't slam me here." And then when he turned, he went right. You can go, and he slammed him. So have a look at that. I just out of just just, just any 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 wrestling fans out there who are interested in little 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 things like that and just catching people talking in the ring, talking in the ring. That was that was that was that was something I noticed. But yeah, they dealt with Omos quite well. I won't say that Omos did his job particularly well but I think that the people who were around him he had enough experience around him to be able to uh, to, to, to he had enough experience around him to be able to cover his weaknesses and they gave him enough shit for him to look good and like you said that power bomb through the table you know seemed you know seemed nice safe well done looked good and you know enough to to, to take him out so didn't make him look weak it it didn't make him look weak. It it took everyone to take him out. As for the ladder match itself, yeah, there was a few crashes and spl- smashes and spills. Everything that was done looked pretty safe. I mean, I mean, there was some nasty shots for the ladder as always, but 
if you're going to hit someone with something, you hit someone with something. It's as simple as that in wrestling. That's what we do. If we decide to use a gimmick, we use a gimmick and we hit people with it. As for doing too much stupid stuff off the top, there wasn't really any stupid stuff. The RKO looked like it hurt, hurt Riddle. But, you know, that's a move that he chose to do. And that was probably the only dangerous move of any of the any of the money in the bank matches, really. Which is good, because we don't really want to see danger all the time. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, that was a brutal one. That was more painful, though, wasn't it? That was more of a pain thing. I'm talking about, like, jumping off shit and, like, you know, whatever. But it's still, yeah, you're right. That that I did forget about that. That was a painful one. And I think that Mad Cat Moss, actually, is... I, I'm beginning to like him more the more I see him. I like his look. I think he's trying to cut back on the Mad Cat stuff a little bit. And uh, he's, he, he's, he's, he's looking good in his sort of particular role at the moment. And, you know, other, other guys got their little bits in too. It was, uh, it just seemed, I don't know, something didn't just seem quite right about it. There wasn't, there, there just, just wasn't anything that really, I don't know if by the end, I don't know if there's a couple of things that could have happened. One, that tag team match could have just stole it for me and burned it out, burned me out because I watched it in one, in one hit. And then obviously it was followed by the worst match on earth. And then, you know, you, you you get all this bombardment of the senses and stuff. I don't think I really like my money in the bank ladder matches. I, you know, I, even when they're done well, I don't particularly like them because when they're done well, that means there's been a lot of risk taken and I don't like to see the guys potentially get hurt. And I think this, this one, like I said, was less risky than the ones I've seen in the past. And I think that's what they're sort of trying to do, make them less risky. But there's all, too much setting up of stuff. There's too much clutter in the ring. There's too many people in there. I knew Austin Theory was going to win it, really. Otherwise, why has he been put in the match? There's no point. There's no point in putting him in the match if he isn't going to win it. And even, even to give us a, the, even even to try and swerve us. But like you said, Sheamus and, and Drew got a bit, and everyone did get their bit. But did you notice how like Seth Rollins was virtually invisible in that match, apart from at the end where he put did you know bunged a few curb stops in. He's virtually invisible in it, which was odd. You would have thought that he would have got a little bit more in being one of the, well, probably the biggest superstar in that match. I can't think of anyone bigger than him, really. But he seemed to sort of be largely ignored until the end where he did a few curve stomps and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it was... It was all right. I liked the result. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, do with it because... I can't see him taking the belt off Reigns anytime soon, even within a year. You know, it's it's going to be it's going to be an odd one. So you know, the only thing I can think of with a bit of fantasy booking is if the the last man standing gets so brutal in 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 SummerSlam that fucking theory comes in and just steals a win when one of the guys is on the floor. Off either of them. I don't. Well, off. I don't. I don't suppose it would matter because you can. You can come down halfway through a match, can't you? It doesn't have to be during the end. At the end of a match, you can come down during, yeah, at, any point, at any point, can't you? So maybe you could steal a win off them. But then I can't see. I can't see them ending like because this is the last of Brock and Reigns. Like you know, this is the last we're going to see of them. Blah blah blah. I can't see them ending it with. Austin Theory coming down and and 
winning the match. Although that would boost his fucking heel, that would boost him up as a heel up so much if he just come in when they both had the most balls to the wall, fucking like violent last man standing match in the world. And down he skips and just merrily fucking beats one of them. That'd be fun. I'd enjoy that. But, you know, and then, fuck it, I don't know, Brock Lesnar challenges him and just whoops his ass at Survivor Series or something and wins the belt back. I don't know. But, you know, obviously that's a bit of fantasy booking there. But I just can't see, I just can't, I just, I just can't see, I can't see them taking the belt off reins at the moment. And I, if they, do and they give it to theory fuck me that would be an an endorsement for him so it's it's a bit of a weird one winning the men's money in the bank match because you can see them giving it to theory because if he like you say if he did come down and lose it wouldn't be the end of his career he'd still be able to you know buzz along quite happily as one of their top heels but if he won fuck that would just boost him into the next stratosphere and I think that's the kind of risk they need to take, really, WWE, to get other people over. That's the kind of risk they need to take because, you know, they, they, otherwise they're just going to be in exactly the same place they are now, which is with Roman Reigns, who's amazing, being the, the top guy, but someone who's potentially not around all the time, uh, well, you know, which is not a problem. It's great to see him. But but then we could make you could make such a huge star out of theory by having him beat either Brock or or Roman Reigns in that last man standing match at the end. I mean, can you imagine? They both beat them, beat themselves to fuck. They're both lying there. Neither of them can really answer the count of 10 because they've just, I don't know, maybe they've both done a move where they've gone through the table and it's just, it's, it's been a horrifically hard match for them anyway. They've both, for the past couple of near falls, they've both, you know, hardly answered the count of 10. They've just staggered to their feet. You know Brock's gonna bleed because he always gigs when he's not allowed. So you know you know that fucking you know you know that it's gonna be violent. But then bang crash, they're both on the floor, and then fucking theory comes out one two three. I would enjoy that personally, even if it ended uh, extremely long reign or whatever. I'd enjoy that because at least they'd be making a star. How many people would just hate him? How many how many people would just come unglued if that fucking happened? You know if that was a part of the story. In fact, as soon as this, as soon as we're off this call, I'm going to go on DraftKings and bet on that. Uh, <laughs> it's too obvious. It's too obvious. No, what, what's going to happen is at SummerSlam, Austin Theory is going to go into the back and he's going to he's going to find the APA who are going to be sitting there with them with some beers and they're going to be playing cards and he's going to want to go all in. So he's going to bet his money in the bank, bank briefcase. He's going to lose. Bradshaw is going to lift it up. And then Brock Lesnar is going to come and take the briefcase off him, cash it in after he's beat Roman Reigns and he's going to win both belts twice and walk away with four belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, then the ring, then the ring's going to explode, and Roman, Roman Reigns is going to tragically lose a limb. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. I'll bet on that then. See what happens. But you know, it's it's it it, 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 it it's it, it's a good tool for him to have because again, it's bragging rights. People are going to be pissed off. He could feud with. I mean, obviously, they're not going to put him against the Mad Cat Moss or is that Sami Zayn, who looks more like Cat Weasel every time I see him, more of a reference to the older 
world of sport fans there. Look up Cat Weasel, you'll see what I mean. But he looks more like Cat Weasel every time I fucking see him. So that you know, but you know, excluding Madcap Moss and Osmos and fucking Cosmos and whoever fucking Osmos is in there and and Sami Zayn and all that, like excluding them, he could feud with any one of those guys, and it you know he could feud with Sheamus, he could feud with Drew Drew McIntyre, or he could feud with was Kevin Owens in the match? I got a feeling it was it. No, he wasn't. No, what the fucking thing? He was in the match. Did Kevin Owens do anything during the show? Oh no, there was a big vignette on him. That was why I thought that he might be in the match. There was a big vignette on him saying how hard and tough and great and cool he is, and then he's not on the show. That's always good. It's just a way to get yourself over and not be there. But but yeah, and or you know, I don't think you would have a particularly good feud with Riddle. I mean, they'd have good matches. They'd have great matches. But I don't think I think Riddle's just sort of hanging about. Trying to keep his trying to trying to keep himself over until until Randy Randy's back. But either or, you know, there's there's a lot of opportunities there. The way that I could see it going is obviously Roman and Brock have got this last man standing match. Like you said, they they kind of brutalize each other until the point where neither of them can stand up. And then Roman manages to hit a big move on Brock. Brock's down. Brock doesn't answer the ten. And then as soon as like the bell rings, then you see Austin Theory start running down. But maybe they could switch because I think it, it seems quite odd. And I think WWE are gonna they're gonna second guess themselves on this because they're gonna go. This would be the most perfect moment and unless Roman Reigns absolutely trounces Brock Lesnar or vice versa and both and one of them's really fresh at the end holding the both belts they're both going to be obliterated so like why wouldn't this be the absolute key perfect moment for somebody with the briefcase to go and cash in so for me I feel like WWE are going to go that's too obvious so what they probably would do is like they would they would tease it so they would have the, the winner come in hold up the belts you know Austin Theory comes running down and then say for instance Reigns wins it looks like he's just about to be prone picked up jumps down the back and then spears Austin Theory and just leaves like Austin Theory doesn't cash in but he doesn't like he doesn't lose his briefcase but he still adds that bit of excitement but then you have you know Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar you can swap them both in whether Brock wins the belts and then you know Theory comes down to try and pick at the bones on that one but then Brock just picks him up and F5s in then picks him up and you know flips a flips a bird and leaves like that could be a, a good moment for SummerSlam so you don't take the briefcase off of Theory you don't have him cash in and win it so you're still kind of saving him for a later time and then you still have whoever is on top have that moment of whether it's Brock overcoming Roman Reigns after you know 600 years or whatever or whether you have Roman Reigns you know raising both belts just saying I'm I'm God I'm the best I'm the tribal chief and and just standing over both bodies just really showing how dominate, uh, dominant Roman Reigns is that could be a way out or they just don't have anything to do with the money in the bank you know maybe they, they have Austin theory in a match earlier on and he gets sort of injured so he can't come down or they do some sort of swerve like that because it seems quite it seemed like the best time for for anyone with a with a briefcase to cash in right well i mean i just think that austin theory's character has got to be extremely opportunistic it's got to be when he's certain that he's gonna win you know i mean i wouldn't i I would i would i think it was i'd be amazing if he if he did if he did win, but you know, you might even have some kind of gimmick where you have fucking Vince McMahon come out because Vince McMahon is obviously aligned with Austin Theory a lot. Have Vince McMahon come out and just shove Austin Theory down at the ring and he's shitting his pants. Do you know what I mean? But he runs down there and sort of does it anyway, either manages to get the job done or, you know, or, or loses. But, you know, I just, 
I just think it would make another start. It wouldn't do any harm to Brock or or Roman Reigns. You know, they could Roman Reigns could win the title back at the next pay per view, and it wouldn't make any difference. And going at WrestleMania, doing whatever, but it it just it just wouldn't. It, it would give Austin Theory that boost to the next sort of stress stratosphere, and that's what they seem to be a little not particularly good at doing at the moment in, in WWE is just like put keep, keep pushing stars, keep pushing people. They seem to really, really want to protect the guys they got at the top because obviously, you know, they're the ones who are, who, who, who are making the money or whatever, but you, you can't, you, they can't be at the top forever. You know, how long has Austin, sorry, how long has, you know, Brock Lesnar been around for? And realistically, how, how much longer is he going to be around for? How much longer is, you know, Roman Reigns is going on a part-time schedule now. I think he'll be around for a long time. But, you know, I don't think it would do him any harm if he, if, if, if he did lose the belts. I just, I just, it's, it's just about taking risks and making stars and they're not doing that at the moment. And I think that'd be a good opportunity to do it. But going back to the actual money in the bank ladder match, you know, I think, I think this is the thing. It was the result that, that, that made it good and made it interesting. The match itself was just pretty bog standard. It was fine compared to the fucking ladder match. It was the Mona Lisa, uh, sorry, the women's ladder match. It was the Mona Lisa of fucking money in the bank matches. You know, it was, it was, it was much better. But it was it was still just 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 bog standard. I don't think I like the Money in the Bank concept. I like a ladder match. I like a one on one ladder match if it's done well and it's, it means something. And it's you know they, the thing is nothing in WWE is particularly brutal anymore. And those sorts of matches have got to be brutal. Same with this last man standing coming up. You can't have a last man standing match coming up that isn't brutal. And WWE seem to have taken a lot of the brutality out of what they do to make it kid friendly, which I understand. But there's some, there are some times when you just have to throw caution at the wind and say, "Fuck it!" If we if we're doing a last man standing match and it's going to be the last meeting of these two guys ever, we have to throw caution at the wind a little bit and make it brutal. And 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 everything just looks so clean and just so perfect that nothing looks nothing looks real. And and you can see why. Now, nowadays, more than ever, ever as a wrestler, like you know, oh, I was the other day. I can't remember who I was speaking to, but they they found out I was a wrestler, and they were going, you know, like, like I can't remember what we were talking about. Which, but the conversation got on to getting hit with a chair, and someone looked at me and went, "Oh yeah, because the chairs you get hit with are real, yeah," and winked at me, and I said, "Well, yeah, of course they're real." What, where do you think you get fake chairs from? Like I said, I said, you, I said, where do you think we get when we get hit with a chair? Where do you think? Where, do you think there's a fucking actual shop somewhere that makes fake chairs for wrestlers? Do you know what I mean? Just just specifically for wrestlers to hit each other over the head with. I said, you know, no, we use real chairs. Like we get chairs out of Wilkinsons and we hit each other with them, and we just you know, apologize in, 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 in advance, or maybe we don't do that. We just say swing it and make it look good. Like, you know, these objects, these ladders, these chairs, these fucking thumbtacks when they're used and all these things are real. So when you use them, you know, but and everything's so clean and polished and everything, you can see why the crowd think they're fake. You can see why the, the crowd think that wrestling is faker than ever, because it's just, 
so fucking I don't know. It just it just looks it just looks so so plastic. It looks like Lego, and and I just I can't quite I can I can I can't I can't quite you know see the point in doing things like cage matches and hell in the cell matches and money in the bank matches when everything just looks so fucking puerile and, and fake you know like i said even it, it just by painting that cell red they've fucked the brutality out of it haven't they do you know what i mean like just by having a big red cell do you know what i mean that looks like a toy it looks like something that you'd buy out of argos and put around your own little toy wrestling ring you know big red fucking cell like they've just just taken the the any kind of aggression out of it. So when they do these kind of matches, it just doesn't work anymore. And I think the same for the money in the bank concept. You've got a pay-per-view. You know you're going to get two ladder matches, and you know that they're going to fucking, you know, you, you know pretty much what, what, what they're going to look like, what they're going to be like. We've seen about a million of them now. I just, uh, and, and, and pay-per-views that have like that concept you're only going to see the money in the bank match at money in the bank pay-per-view you're only going to see hell in the cell match at hell in the cell pay-per-view just takes any excitement out of anything i don't, I don't like these themed pay-per-views i suppose is what i'm saying you know as well as the fact that i don't like the fact that everything is just so blisteringly fake i mean not in terms of the way they do things but just in terms of the fact of that the actual objects look just look too fake. They just look too clean. Like everything looks just too polished and too shiny. And yeah, I, I, it, it, it's just, just, just takes any kind of aggression and, and violence, which you need to have in these matches. They're fucking violent matches. They're ladder matches. So anyway, that, that was, I suppose that's my rant on that, but the actual match itself was fine. Everyone tried hard. Everyone got a little bit in. They did well with old, uh, old almost, and yeah, the 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 winner was right. I'll give it sort of two and a half stars, I suppose. It'll be forgotten the minute it's watched, but it was fine. It was okay. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of the men's money in the bank ladder match. And uh, sort of going back to Falling Star Wrestling Gym, when I very first started, you used to do these Sunday sessions. I hear you've started taking them up now. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh yeah. So the we well basically what's happening is is you know the. As a trainee wrestler, you know, we, we do a lot of training and basic sort of, you know, the basic fundamentals and holds and stuff and, you know, throws and bumps and things. We can do them on a judo mat, but realistically, if you want to be a professional wrestler, you need to get in that wrestling ring. You need to get in your work environment and you need to learn how to run the ropes, how everything feels, how the bumps feel, spatial awareness, stuff like that. And, you know, obviously spots that you can use and moves that you can only do in the ring and all that sort of jazz so traditionally the way it's been working is that we've been doing two shows a month and before those shows we've been having in-ring sessions we're running at least one show a month but at the moment because we have a few transportation issues i think next next month we'll be doing two shows and uh, you know maybe maybe the month after but until we get our transportation issues sorted out and even afterwards i've started doing some sporadic in-ring sunday training sessions at the westland sports and social club so we did one the this past sunday which i think was the third sunday the third of july and it was great you know everyone turned up 
we did uh, some drills at the start and some and some basic sort of spots and stuff like that you know just to, just to get the guys warmed up and then we did more importantly we did uh, sort of a little show a trade a trainee show so everyone got involved and you know had a laugh and put together some matches and had some critique criticism and feedback and some positive criticism and some negative criticism as always but what my plan to do is is on months where we don't have maybe have so many shows is to is to do some in-ring training and so anyone out there who again is interested in training to be a professional wrestler falling star wrestling has plenty of opportunities and i'm going to carry on doing the sunday training sessions it won't be every sunday i'm just going to add one sunday on a month so on, on even on a even on a a, a week where or sorry, a month where we have two shows, I'll add another Sunday on. So you'll get, you know, every sort of pretty much every week, you'll, you'll get some kind of Sunday, you'll get some kind of in-ring session. There'll be one week off a month. And if I'm doing two shows a month, just one show a month, I'll try and tack a couple of Sunday sessions on as well. So they're going to be sporadic, but they will be at the Western uh, Social Club unless unless you see anything different. So please keep an eye on the Falling Star Facebook site for training opportunities. I'll, I'll always put them up. Sometimes there won't be a great deal of, of notice because it'll be a case of me trying to find a venue and and just getting, getting things sorted straight away. But the way it works is we set up at 12 and uh, we're normally sat, we, we, we're normally finished up, finished setting up the ring by about sort of one, one o'clock, quarter to one, something like that. And then we train them and we're done by about five. So it's a pretty fast, fast day, but it's, 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 it's really good for, for people who want to start out, who want to learn, know what the, the wrestling ring feels like, who want to train in the ring. It's also good for wrestlers who've been going for a little while, who've been, you know, who maybe want that little bit of extra training somewhere else, you know, a fresh, fresh perspective on things. So, you know, feel free to come down. Also, we still train every Wednesday at Lynn Sport 7 till 9 at the Lynn Sport Leisure Centre in Kings Lynn. You know, that's that's just judo mat training, but you'd be surprised at, at what we can what we can learn and what we can do. So yeah, it's just just a, just another adage to the Falling Star Wrestling training and hopefully in the next few months we'll be up and running with two shows again. But we still have our we still have our Westlands and we also have Outwell on August the 6th, I believe. Double check that that's a Saturday, everyone. But I believe August the 6th, we are over in Outwell. So, yeah, again, just uh, just with that one, it will be a walk up at the door or you can reserve ticket, or you can reserve a seat by calling 07581-290-824 and just, yeah, I'll reserve a seat for you and make sure that you get, you make sure that you, you, you get a seat on the day of the show. But Outwell is always a good, fun, rowdy crowd. So, you know, come along with the family. We'll put on the best show we can for you. And uh, yeah, but that's, that's just, just just a little announcement there just to say that there's some some extra extra training going. And uh, all the lads that were there the other day seemed to get quite a lot out of it. So let's hope, yeah, let's hope that, that, that it carries on that way. 
Alrighty, there we have it, another episode in the bag, and in case you're wondering, that was episode 88 of the podcast. We keep them coming, and we don't see any signs of stopping. Thank you so much for supporting the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast, and we really appreciate you listening today. If you've yet to hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast app, then please go ahead and do so. The Falling Star Wrestling Podcast is available on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify, to name just a few. If you want to learn more about Falling Star Wrestling, our academy and upcoming live shows, then please head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. That's at Falling Star Wrestling. Give us a like and while you're there, let us know where you're listening from. We are back for more live action on Saturday, 16th of July at the Wesleyan Sports and Social Club for another round of Fight Night. And as advertised, we have the Deathmatch Outlaw Big F and Joe making an appearance at the event. Who will he face and what carnage will he bring to Falling Star Wrestling? On behalf of Jimmy and myself, we hope you have a great week, whatever you're up to, and we'll see you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. See ya.